All right. Uh, can somebody out there give me a sound check? I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm live. Says we've got an excellent reading, but I couldn't be sure. Somebody else comes back and says, "Hey, we're out there." Fritzberger and Blood and Faith, bloodandfaith.com. It is three December twenty twenty three in the year of our Lord. And let us pray. Lord, bless this time together. Bless this word. Bless everybody out there listening, and uh, help us to have a good Sunday. In Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus Christ. It's 1029. We're going to get started at 1030 because that's what I said I would do. And then we will uh, proceed from there. But if you want to thumb ahead, it's uh, Deuteronomy 28, which are the blessings and the curses. It's, Ma it's Exodus 20 which are the Ten Commandments. It's Matthew 5 and Matthew 15. Uh, that way you can get your little thumbs in order. I don't see any listeners out there right now, so that's okay. I got a total of one, which is probably me. Oh, there's Sandy. Sandy, join me. Welcome, Sandy. So I guess you can hear? And uh, Okay, good. Good enough. Worldwide radio, worldwide Christian radio. Bloodandfaith.com, we're going to change the nations of the world. We're going to build Christian ethno-nations. It's 1030. Bloodandfaith.com, the Ten Commandments are eternal. And we're going to go through the Ten Commandments. It's never too, it never gets old to talk about the Ten Commandments. Uh, and, and that said, I've seen and heard very, very few sermons in my entire life on the Ten Commandments. I've had sermons on prayer, sermons on how to quit smoking cigarettes, sermon on the last days, sermons on speaking in tongues, sermons on the revelation, sermons on forgiveness and bitterness and anger, but very rarely about the Ten Commandments or some of these other things that I talk about here at bloodandfaith.com, which makes me a bit of a rare substance. Because you're going to get things that you don't get everywhere else. If you want to go to the Clappy Club, there's lots of them out there. If you want to go to the Clappy Club, there's lots of Clappy Clubs. And you'll get your, your basic things. If you want to change the world, if you want to build Christian nations, join us here at bloodandfaith.com. Matthew chapter 5. Leif, would you read Matthew chapter 5 for me? That was the one you were on, of course. 17 through 19. Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 19. to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, nor the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Anyone who breaks one of, one of the least of these commandments and teaches order to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. The Lord practices, practices and teaches these command, commands. 
And for the listeners out there, I'm just going to reread that. But good job. Thank you, Leif. Do not think that I can't. This is Jesus Christ, Matthew chapter 5. Do not think that I came to abolish the law of the prophets. Do not think that. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law till all is accomplished. Whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called least in the kingdom of God. But whoever keeps and teaches this law, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Which is really quite an amazing scripture when you, when you realize how few preachers preach about the Ten Commandments. The Bible says right here, hey, if you're teaching this law, whoever keeps and teaches this, he'll be called great in the kingdom of heaven. I, you know, I, that's kind of a good thing to be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Where are the preachers preaching the Ten Commandments? Jesus Christ is very clear here. Don't, do not think, do not think. I came to abolish the law and the prophets. You know why he said that? Because he knew his church was going to say uh, uh, the law and the prophets are abolished. That's why he said it. Do not think I came to abolish the law and the prophets. Why did he say that? Because he knew his church was going to come out and say, oh, the, the law is passed. The law is gone. And what does he warn these preachers? He says, you, you, you teach against the law, you're going to be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But if you teach it and preach it, you're going to be called the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 15. Yeah, let's just have you do it, Leif. That's, your, that's perfect for you. Let me know when you're ready. Well, one through nine. One through nine? Yeah, one through nine. Okay. You want to read it out of here? I got bigger letters. That's here. I'm okay. And then some Pharisees and teachers of the, last, of the law came to Jesus and from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Jesus replied, And why do you why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honor your father and mother. Anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. But you say that if a man says to his father or mother, Whatever help you might otherwise have received, for me is a gift devoted to God. He is not to honor his father with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrite. You hypocrite. Uh, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far, are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. All right, and for the listeners out there, I'll just go ahead and repeat that. Some of the Pharisees and the scribes came up to Jesus in Jerusalem. They said, why do your disciples break the traditions of the elders? Okay, this is a key phrase, the traditions of the elders. This is an oral tradition that the Jews had developed beginning in Babylon about 500 years previous to when this was written. It's called the traditions of the elders. And we glossed over that. We don't know what this is. It becomes the Talmud. The traditions of the elders become the Talmuds. The Talmud's written down in, I don't know, two or three centuries after the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. These traditions become the Talmud. So these Pharisees, these Jews, they come up to the Jesus and they said, why do your 
disciples break the tradition of the elders. They're talking about what the Talmud teaches. It wasn't written down at that time, but it becomes that. Jesus Christ goes for the throat. He goes right for the throat. Jesus answered and he said, Why do you yourselves transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? He's telling them to their face, you forsake the law of God, you forsake the Ten Commandments for your traditions, which becomes the Talmud. This is what Judaism is. This is what Jesus Christ taught. They set up these traditions and precepts over the law of God. Jesus goes on, For God said, Honor your father and mother. What commandment is that, Leif? What commandment is honor your father and mother? It's the fifth commandment. Very good, very good. Glad you remembered that. And, he says, He who speaks evil of father or mother is to be put to death. Oh, Jesus is a nice guy. Jesus is a nice guy. Jesus would never say anything like that. Whoever speaks evil of his father or mother and by extension, one's ancestors ought to be put to death, said Jesus Christ, who's the giver of the law. Y'all want a nicer, kinder, gentler Jesus, and he's not. Jesus goes on. He's talking to these people, and this is how they do it. He said, whoever says to his father or mother, whatever I have would have helped you has been given to God. He is not to honor his father or mother. And by this, you invalidate the word of God for the sake of your traditions. Okay, it's right here. You invalidate the Word of God for the sake of your traditions. And what they're saying is that, hey, instead of giving that money to your mom and dad to take care of them in their old age, give it to the synagogue. Give it to the temple. Give it to the Pharisees. And, and, and that's by that you honor your ancestors. And Jesus went right after him. He said, you lying, dirty dog hypocrites. Rightly did Isaiah speak of you. Thus this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me. Listen to this again. Teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. This is what Judaism is. And the church has fallen into this. We elevate these precepts and these traditions. Oh, you know, uh, we like the Bible, but as long as the Bible's not racist or sexist or homophobic or anti-Semitic, we like the Bible. This is exactly what the Jews did to the law. Exactly what the Jews did to the law and the prophets. Yeah, we know what it says, but this is what our traditions say. Jesus Christ right here says, in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. The church has done the same thing. Oh yeah, we like Jesus, but only if he's not racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic, queerphobic, intolerant, device for anti-Semitic. And you read through that, and Jesus Christ violates every one of those traditions of men. Every one of them. In spades. Oh, you're supposed to be tolerant and accepting. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace, I came to bring a sword. Then come preach peace, I came to bring a sword. All right, what are these Ten Commandments? By the way, it's, it's important to mention that these Ten Commandments were not given to Johnny or Stevie or Susan or Kathy or Sandy or Aurora or Leif. They were given to an entire ethno-state known as the ancient nation of Israel. These were the descendants and offspring of a single man, Israel. They had a common language. They had a common history. They had a common purpose and goal. The Ten Commandments are, are not a personal morality code that you can sign up for. And, and you know, I want, I'll do nine of the ten, but not, you know, I kind of like, uh, you know, breaking, you know, this commandment or that commandment. No. 
it's a law for an entire. <coughs> Could you get me some water? <coughs> Nation. Thank you. And it's important to read this law. Now, we've been indoctrinated, <clears throat> and indeed, I apologize for my voice. <coughs> we've been indoctrinated into these lies that say you cannot impose morality on other people. Every single law that ever existed is an imposition of morality. Every law that was ever written ever enforced is an imposition of morality of some people on other people. That's what it is. When you have laws in the book saying you cannot kidnap people, you cannot beat them up, you cannot murder them, well, why not? Why can't I do that? Well, it's wrong. Okay, so it is an imposition of morality upon other people. No society exists without an imposition of morality on other people. So when people say you can't impose your morality on other people, they're hypocrites or they're liars or they're deluded or they're just have a very, very low IQ. When you say to somebody, you cannot, you're imposing a morality on them. This is just basic philosophy 101, seventh grade ethics. When your teacher says you cannot, they're imposing their morality upon you. Never listen to anybody and say you can't impose morality on other people. That very statement is an imposition of morality. So what are these Ten Commandments? Deuteronomy chapter... Exodus chapter 20. Who would like to read the first five? Okay. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other God before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image. Any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth, you shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. It you shall do no work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. And how would, it, would you like to read the last uh, five? Yeah. And apologize to the listeners out there. I will repeat this. Go ahead. Honor your father and mother, that your days may, may be long upon what you are, which the Lord your God has given. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. 
you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor male, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is in your neighbor's. All right. So I'm going to go just read through these through. But a couple things I want you to realize. This is not an optional law given to individuals. This was the entire and complete law of God given to a nation. It is designed for a nation. It is designed for a nation state. It is designed for a whole country. And, and Jesus Christ gave these commandments to Moses. And Moses came down and he presented them before the people. People said, yes, he shall be our God and we shall, this shall be our law. He shall be our God and, and, and this shall be our law. Now, when I talk about the first commandment, and I've said this many times at bloodandfaith.com, the first commandment points directly to Jesus Christ. I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Well, who is this the Lord thy God? Exodus 33, verse 11 says, And so the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. Yet Jesus Christ said, No man has seen the Father. Well, who was Moses talking to? He was talking to Jesus Christ pre-incarnation. It's Jesus Christ that gave the law of God to Moses. These men were Christian men. They were Christians. They weren't Talmudic Jews. They were Christian men. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Moses, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. They worshipped Jesus Christ. They worshipped Jesus Christ. They were Christian men worshipping Jesus Christ. It was Jesus Christ that gave the law of God to Moses. Jesus Christ used to speak with Moses face to face as a man speaks with a friend. It wasn't the Father. That was the Son, the Creator of all, the Word of God. As we go through these commandments, understand how mild and reasonable they are. How mild and reasonable this law of God is. I am the Lord thy God. This is Jesus Christ who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. And in the United States, you've got this movement for centuries now. Oh, we're a tolerant and diverse and inclusive nation. No, no. Jesus Christ said, you shall have no other gods before me. Forget the mosque. Forget the synagogue. Forget the temples to Satan. This is a law given for the entire nation. You shall have no other gods before me. Oh, but we believe in tolerance and diversity. Jesus Christ is not. And everybody wants a third path. Satan offered Eve a third path. Hey, here's a diverse and intolerant, and tolerant way. You just do your thing, Eve. Adam can do his thing. God can do his thing. I'll do my thing. You don't got to worship me. And it's always the lie out there. That's always the lie that's presented. And if you go down that third path of tolerance and diversity, you end up with trannies in grade school and boys trying to become girls and girls trying to become boys. There is no third option. There is no third way. And this law is complete. It's whole. It's not designed to be divided up. And, and, and well, we, want, we don't want the first commandment, but we'll take the fifth commandment and we'll take the eighth commandment. And, you know, that's good enough. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make an idol 
or the likeness of which is in heaven and earth or in the water underneath the earth. You shall not worship nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers and the children, even unto the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. Oh, God shouldn't judge me for my parents. No, he does judge you for your parents. He does judge you for your parents. And this is why the greatest legacy I can give to my children and my grandchildren is to worship Jesus Christ. Because it, 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 it layers down to them. I serve Jesus Christ because my ancestors served Jesus Christ. My wife serves Jesus Christ because her ancestors served Jesus Christ. This is this is, the society, the Jews, the Antichrist have tried to atomize human beings. Oh, you're not part of a nation. You're not part of an ethnos. You're not part of a kin. You're not part of a family. You're neither male nor female. There's not your ancestors that have nothing to do with today. And this is contrary to this law of God. But, verse 4, chapter 20, Exodus, showing loving kindness to the thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. All right? I serve Jesus Christ because my ancestors served Jesus Christ. On the flag of my fathers, there's the cross of Jesus Christ. The English flag, the Norwegian flag, the Swedish flag. It's the cross of Jesus Christ. The German flag with the cross. If you listen to me at all, you've heard me brag about the Spaniards for... I'm not Spaniards, but you, let me tell you something. 700 years. 700 years. They reconquered their own land and own territory. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. They conquered their territory from the invading African and Muslim with the help of the people who call themselves Jews. The Antichrist race. The Antichrist people. So are you ready for 700 years of reconquering our nations for Sweden and Norway and England and all of Christendom in the name of Jesus Christ to drive out the invader. The Spaniards did. You better get ready for it. You better teach this in your pulpits. You better teach this from in the church. You better teach this to your children. You're not getting raptured out of here. We're going to reclaim these names in the name of Jesus Christ for Jesus Christ so that our offspring to the thousands generation would have the honor of serving Jesus Christ. It's a covenant for the generations, and it's a covenant for the ethnos, for the nations. It's not a pick and choose me for whatever I want to do this Sunday afternoon. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. I worry about Christians and pastors who claim to be Christian, yet they serve Satan. I won't go into this, but there's a lot of people out there. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. How hard is that? Shut down every business on a Sunday? Why is that such an onerous thing? Why is that so hard to, to contemplate? Oh, you can't impose your morality. But listen, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of hearing this. How many, how long, how many years were, were our country shut down for this fake COVID thing? Literally, we shut down every business and church in the whole country for COVID. And you can't shut down for one day a week? If you reject the law of God, you will have a much, much harsher law upon you. 
oh, we can't impose our morality on somebody. Well, then why did you shut down the churches? Why did you shut down the small businesses? Why did you shut down every mom and pop store for years? If you can't impose your narrow-minded morality on somebody else. But you had to leave the banks open, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, you had to do that. You had to leave the big business open. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You had to do that, right? Walmart had to stay open, but not the mom-and-pop grocery store. Uh-uh. No, no, no. Your banks had to stay open, but you couldn't have the churches open. You abandon the Word of God, you're going to get a much harsher law. Six days you shall labor, but the seventh is a Sabbath. In it you shall not do any work, not your son, not your daughter, not your servants, not your cattle, or the foreigner amongst you. Shut it down on Sundays. You don't like that? The whole nation gets shut down one way or the other. So, well, you know what? You don't want a Sabbath? I'm going to give you a Sabbath. I'll give you a Sabbath of 40 years. I'll shut down your whole nation for 40 years. You won't do anything because you can't keep a Sabbath. This is a gentle law. This is an easy law. For in six days, in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth. In how many days did he make the heaven and earth? In six days. Not six billion years. In six days. This is what Jesus Christ taught. This is the commandment of God. This is the law of God. He made the earth in six days and we're surrounded by lies. Honor thy father and mother, that thy days may be prolonged in the land in which the Lord your God gives you. Honor your ancestors. This isn't just about your immediate parent. If, if, if I, let me tell you something. If we honor our mother and father, do we not honor their mother and father all the way back? And here's the clue right here, that your days may be prolonged in the land the Lord thy God gives you. This goes over the generations. This goes over the generations. You have no right to call your ancestors evil. None whatsoever. You be loyal to your ancestors, to your mother and father. You don't speak evil of them. You don't. And the church has been guilty of fomenting rebellion against one's parents and one's ancestors. The church has been guilty of this. Thou shalt not murder. How is that? Why is that a hard th law to have? Oh, you can't impose your law on us. Thou shalt not murder. That's that's hard. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Oh, I don't like that commandment. I, I want that's that should be we should have freedom. No, thou shalt not commit adultery. How hard is that law? That's not a hard law. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. False witness is when you go into court and you say, I saw Johnny steal that car when in fact you did not see him do that. That's that's bearing false witness. It's it's distinct from Covering for your little brother when the mommy asked, did, did, did my little brother steal that candy? He said, no, he didn't steal that candy. That's different. When you go into a court and you testify that somebody committed a capital crime and they're executed for it, and you know they didn't do that, that's bearing false witness. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house nor his, his wife or his male servant or his employees or his possessions or anything that belongs to your neighbor. This is more than just 
oh gosh, man, he's got a nice new, you know, Mercedes Benz. I sure wish I have that. And we think of that as covetousness. And okay, fine, that's covetousness. But how about this? You don't make social policy based on covetousness. Oh, he has more than I have. We're going to take it away from him and give it to somebody else. And we'll get a cut ourselves. It's a policy. It's a principle for making public laws. You can't say somebody else has something and I want it, so I'm going to make a law to break that commandment. And it breaks the thou shalt not steal. Finally, we're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Now, this is a long chapter, so I'm not going to ask anybody to read it. But Deuteronomy 28, in fact, the Ten Commandments are repeated in Deuteronomy chapter 5. I'm just going to go there really, really, really briefly. I always like to check. I say things, and then I, I'm like, well, is, is, that, is it really Deuteronomy chapter 5? Oh, there it is, Deuteronomy chapter 5. And Moses summoned all of Israel, and he said, Hear, O Israel, the statutes today. The Lord made a covenant with you. I am the Lord thy God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. All right? So Deuteronomy chapter 28, it's called the blessing and the curse. This is for a, an entire nation. You cannot read the Ten Commandments or De Deuteronomy or Exodus and say, oh, this is about your individual religion. No, this is for entire nation states. And ancient Israel was supposed to be the role model for every other nation on the planet. Every other nation on earth, it was supposed to be the role model. And some nations will reject the Ten Commandments. That's says, fine, reject them. As a race, as an ethnicity, go ahead and reject them. And what he says in Luke chapter 19, he says, bring those people who don't want me to rule over them and slaughter them in my presence. That's your kinder, gentler Jesus that doesn't get preached from the pulpit either. All right. My thumbs are not working this morning, and I got to get another glass of water because uh, I got the frogs going on in the, in the throat or jumping up and down. Deuteronomy 28, here it is. Get some water. Now, it shall be if you diligently obey. This is given to a nation. This is not for, you know, Fritz Bergen. This is for my entire, the entire nation. If you diligently obey all that the Lord thy God, be careful to do his commandments. The Lord thy God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Right there. High above all. He was talking to the nations, and he said, he was talking to the nation. He said, I'll set you above the other nations. He's not talking to an individual saying, I'll set you above your, your peers and your friends and your neighbors. He's talking to the nation of ancient Israel. He said, I'll set you above every other nation out there. This law is for a nation. All these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. And it begins listing, listing all the, the blessings. Prosperity, safety, health, freedom, liberty, money. So all the peoples of the earth will see. The peoples of the earth, those are nations. When it says peoples, it's the different nations of the earth. will see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they will be afraid of you. They're like, oh my God, they, this nation, this nation of whatever, this Christian nation, they're blessed, and, and they're, they're, we're terrified of them because they serve God and God has blessed them. And guess what? Maybe that nation also adopts the Ten Commandments. 
The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You will only be above and not underneath. All right. But there's a downside. It will come about that if you do not, as a nation, obey the Lord thy God to observe all that you, His commandments and His statutes, which I charge you today, all these curses will come upon you. All right, the blessings are chapter or verses 1 through 14. The curses are chapter, well, chapter 28, verses 15 through 68. There's a lot more curses than there are blessings. I'm just going to read a few of them to you. This is as a people. You will not prosper in your ways. Here's number 30. This is a good one. You shall betroth a wife, but another man will violate her. You will build a house, and you will not even live in it. You shall plant a vineyard, and you will not have your fruit. Is that not a society that we live in today? We don't even know if we own our own houses because of the taxes we pay and the mortgage rates we pay. We're slavery. We're in slavery to the bank holders and the tax collectors. Your sons and daughters will be given to another people while your eyes look on and yearn for them continually, but there is nothing that you can do. You will be driven mad by what you see. Is not Are not our Christian nations being invaded and taken over by foreign pagan peoples? Oh, you can't say that. You can't say that. You're xenophobic and racist. Xenophobia and racism are the traditions of the elders that Jesus Christ railed against in Matthew chapter 15. These are the things that the Jews and the Judeo-Christians literally put above the law and word of God. Oh, we like Jesus, but only if he's not racist or anti-Semitic. And Jesus Christ said there in Matthew chapter 15, in vain do you worship me. In vain do you worship me. Teaching as doctrine the traditions of men while you undermine and walk over my law. The church has gone the same way as the town of people. Oh, we like Jesus, but not when he's racist or sexist or homophobic or anti-Semitic. No, we can't have that. The church has gone right down the same road as the Talmud folks. That's why Jesus Christ warns about it in, in Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 15. Do not say, I came to abolish this law. You teach that, you're the least in the kingdom of heaven. You shall be driven mad by what your eyes see. Is that not the case in the United States of America today? In Sweden today? <coughs> I have English ancestors amongst my Scandinavian ones. I was just reading a statistic. The London, in 1961, London was 97% Englishmen. Today, it's 40% Englishmen. Everybody else is from Pakistan and India and China and God knows where. You're going to get invaded by other people, and they're going to bring their pagan and foreign gods with them. You don't get, you don't get, there is no third path. We will serve God as a nation, as a race, as an ethnos, for whatever you are, or you will perish. The alien who is among you shall rise above you higher and higher, but you will go down lower and lower. He shall be the head, and you shall be the tail. This is for all the nations of Christendom especially. 
because you would not obey the Lord thy God by keeping his commandments and the statutes which he commanded you. Oh no, we don't like that, God. We want to be tolerant and diverse. We substitute the traditions of men for the law of God, and we are enslaved and destroyed. Everything that's going on in Europe, in all the nations of Christendom, a reflection of Deuteronomy chapter 28. There, there's, no, there's no third path. There's no way out of this. Either we will have Christian nations, or we will cease to exist as a race and as a faith. Oh, but it grew from just a little seed 2,000 years ago. Yeah, and they took over Europe. What's the faith in the church today? Oh, it's supposed to get worse, and we're going to fly, fly away. And I'm here to tell you, you're not getting raptured out of this. You're going to have to turn to choose. You're going to have to choose to turn and fight. You're going to have to choose to turn and fight. God's not going to reward our cowardice. He will not reward our cowardice. Deuteronomy 28, it goes on and talks about miserable and chronic sicknesses. Here we jab ourselves with all kinds of chemicals starting at weeks old, and we wonder why we're chronically sick. We'll go back and start at the beginning again. Do not think I came to abolish the law of the prophets. Heaven and earth will pass, will, will pass away, but not the smallest letter or stroke of this law shall pass away. Whoever annuls one of the least of these commandments including the first commandment, which points to Jesus Christ and says, you're not going to have any other gods before me. Get rid of your synagogues and your mosques and your devil-worshipping palaces. Oh, that's not very diverse and tolerant and inclusive. You know, you're right. It's not. It's not supposed to be. It's the law of God. Whoever knows one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do also, pastors, preachers, I'm talking to you. Preachers, Jesus Christ is talking to you. Shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. All right. Moving on to Matthew 15. The Pharisees, the Talmud folk, the people that are elevating traditions above the word of God, all the, uh, all the little social justice warriors, all the little morality police, Oh, you can't be racist and xenophobic and homophobic and transphobic and intolerant of ice. They're coming up to Jesus. They want to talk about washing of the hands. And they specifically say the traditions of the elders. This is absolutely a core understanding, a core concept that without which you cannot understand what's going on. And they're talking about washing of the hands, but it goes to the point of these traditions that override the law of God. He said, why do you yourselves transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your traditions? If you don't understand anything else in the sermon, understand this. You forsake literally the commandment of God for these traditions that we have to be tolerant or inclusive. We can't be racist or xenophobic. We can't be Islamophobic. Oh, but we can walk all over the first commandment. Oh yeah, that's just that's nothing. We can throw that in the gutter and drive over it. Why do you violate the commandment of God for the sake of your traditions? For God said, "Honor thy father and mother." Whoever speaks evil of father and mother is to be put to death. The fifth commandment: honoring thy kin, thy ancestors. 
thy racial line, so that you may live long in the land. It has nothing to do with, oh, I might have a nice life. No, how about maybe your descendants and your offspring and your offspring's offspring for generations stay in the land and are blessed? And by this, I'm telling you, you guys kind of know this, you have validated the Word of God for the sake of your traditions. You hypocrites, rightly does Isaiah prophesy you, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me. I'm talking to the Judeo-Christian church as well. Teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. There's a reason Jesus Christ said this, because he knew the path the church would go down. Matthew chapter 5 and Matthew 15, he knew the path the church would go down. To set up these traditions over the law of God over the Word of God. And he warned them, don't you dare do this. But what do we do? No, that's what we do. That's the Ten Commandments. I'm going to wrap it up here. Getting a little long tooth. Nobody wants a preacher to go into lunch hour. Good morning, y'all. Fritzburg. Bloodandfaith.com.